It's your boy B-Rob, and I am back with another edition of the Random Rams with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener, I appreciate you oh so much for giving my show a try. And if anybody referred you to me, why don't you go ahead and lean over and give that person a, a crisp high five. I could make a coronavirus joke right there, but I'm not. But if you're not in their general vicinity, go ahead and take your social media app of choice and craft them a well thought out DM, not nothing nasty like unless you into that type of thing. But uh, in that DM, tell them thank you for re- recommending you to me. Speaking of social media, you can find the Random Rams with Rob on uh, many platforms to include Twitter at 3R Show, Instagram, the 3R Show, uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 3R Show and YouTube. Look for 3R Show. And for anything that I may have missed. You can go to randomrob.com and find all the leftovers as I sit here with leftovers and foods on my lap. Joining me is another guest. Welcome then to the halls of the, uh, I guess, the random university, as I will call it. First time saying this on air. So, I mean, this is new to me, too. Um He is the host and creator of comics, watching comics, which you can find now on Amazon Prime Video. Um, also the host of the fantasy football Jibber Jabber. Also the creator and host of the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast, which uh, I need to get into the whole thing of that title just right there. But um, as plain as the hairs on your face, joining me is Kevin Goatee. How are you, sir? Hello, sir. That intro, very sounded like Dave Chappelle, the way you spoke, uh, the, his delivery style is just like that. So uh, I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but that's pretty cool. I was like, oh, shit, this is a new, a new Chappelle special dropped the last hour that I missed. Damn. But, uh, I, I am flattered by that comment, sir. And uh, Dave Chappelle is one of my favorite comedians. So, I mean, I, 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 I subconsciously do that. I don't know if I'm doing it on purpose or not. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it sounds good. Dave Chappelle's great. No arguments here. <laughs> now, is that your stage name or Goatee is legit your name? Look, Goatee is legit my name. Have you have you twenty three and me that freaking ancestor dot com? You know, my sister my sister had that for her Christmas gift. She got that from my brother in law for Christmas. Uh, the biggest shock on there, uh, guess who, by the way, I'm a blonde haired blue eyed fella, just to give you an idea. Mm-hmm. Mostly German, no surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northwest European, the biggest uh, surprise, 5.7% Italian. Go figure. What? You ain't got yeah. any, you, and you didn't have any. Greek in there too, but I, the, the Italian part is what cracked me up. You didn't have any West Virginian in there, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't marry my sister. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, B Mac. Uh, I, I know everybody not like that in West Virginia, but you know, 
it ha- or I don't do or I don't do meth either. So I was going to knock out both those uh, stereotypes. I mean, I don't think that's uh, exclusive to West Virginia, but I mean, no, of course not. It's just, it, but it would, I'm sure it's rampant there. These are broad generalizations. I have no evidence on. I'm just doing it on uh, gut reaction solely. What? What? How do you feel about Florida, man? Uh, I don't know uh, Florida. Yeah. If you're outside of Miami or, or Tampa, I guess well, pretty much Miami. It's uh, it's a white trash Venus flytrap. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> my parents live in Naples. That doesn't fall part of that. That is for sure. But they live in Naples in the wintertime. They're snowbirds. But uh, from what I've seen outside, which is very little, a lot of stories in the news you read, a lot of the, uh, you know, tweaked out garbage people going through drive throughs while, you know, whatever, doing, doing dumb shit happens in Florida. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's uh, to, not a good area from what I've seen. To speak of uh, the name that I mentioned, um, BMAC. We got this thing on um, Twitter to where, or even just the internet in general, to where we see articles and whatnot, and we would tweet or share these articles with each other if they were based out of Florida. And, <laughs> and that's kind of like our little game that we play. Oh, that's funny. Corolla does a, a podcast. I'm sorry, he does a section on his podcast. It's called Germany or Florida, and he reads a news story, and they have, they have to guess. Did the story happen in Germany or Florida? That sounds interesting. I'm going to have to pick that up. Uh, it's pretty. I, I enjoy his podcast thoroughly. So it's a, it's a good segment. Word. So you got your fingers in just about a whole, everything from uh, the Amazon Prime show. I mean, you do comedy and you got podcasts falling out the wazoo, seems like. Where did this all start for you, sir? Where did you fall into the trap of comedy? I started, oh my God, as I look at the date, my comedy anniversary is in eight days, and it will be 10 years for me in eight days. Wow, Jesus Christ. It's been, a, so the, the long and the short is this. When you ask, I don't know how many comics you've ever had on your show. Oh, yeah. A lot, yeah, and a lot of them is, a lot of the question, how did you get into it? And I'm sure a lot of people always were telling you, hey, funny guy in class, you know, and just felt easy to crack people up. That's half of it for me. Then when I graduated high uh, college, excuse me, I graduated with a film and TV degree, and my dad goes, this is great. Now go get a job and get the fuck out of the house. <laughs> I said, ooh, uh, not making much money here doing this. He goes, well, it's time to get a real job then, and then get the film and TV. So... Uh, I had to go into corporate America, which I still am, as a matter of fact, because comedy pays less than uh, the, the kids who sell candy in the subways make more than you know stand-up com- most stand-up comedians, ninety-eight percent of them. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I've been in corporate America, and I guess God, now it's been ten years since I thought about it. I was just saying how, like, to myself, then there's so much more to life than being in corporate America. There's so much more than just fighting to not you know, either get fired or just make your way up the ladder and, and just living your life for your work, which is something you don't give a shit about in the first place is not the way to live. Yeah. So I started kicking ideas around like, what, you know, what should I do? What, what's, what's, what's the story here? And I, uh, I said, what about comedy, man? I was kind of good at making people laugh. And when I thought I was going to give it a try, I said, fuck it. Why not? I took like three months. In between, I, I think I made the decision December of 09. 
and I just wrote material I thought, which was funny, but of course it was fucking terrible. Uh, <laughs> just rehearsed the shit out of it for three months, went up to my first mic, March 10th or 12th, I think it's 10th, March 10th, 2010, uh, and have done it then, done it since really. So that's how it all got started. And the funny thing is when you start, you're like, oh, I'm just going to be a comic and that's it. Not knowing nah. what else you can have fall into your lap in the sense of other avenues. So I did com. I've done comedy and I felt, literally fell into doing voiceover work too. I've done voiceover now for like five, six years only because people kept telling me, Hey man, you ever, think, ever consider voiceover? And I go, no. And I, dude, you got a great voice. Give it a shot. Go for it. You know? So not only did I, you know, comedy voiceover, creating a TV show shows. I have several shows podcast it's just uh, someone told me this in the beginning the more tools you have in your bag the more attractive you are for the for the industry you know you just want to mm -hmm. show up what do you do comedy cool what else um uh, that's it <laughs> i can i can, <laughs> I, can I can fart the national anthem cool what else no that's it can, can you when you have all this they're like holy shit they don't, people obviously want to make money off of you the more tools you have to make money for yourself and, of course, others who rep you or get you in the network, you're more sexy to those people. So Word. I said, you know, I got, I, I'm kind of good at voice. I guess I'm all right in voiceover, comedy, all right. Uh, I got TV shows, I think, that are different. I know are different. And a podcast that I know is different. So yeah. let's, just, uh, let's just start there. The, the and, name. Uh, that, that, yeah. in, the long, in the long way around, that's how I got around to yeah. doing all this shit. Yeah, the the name in itself for the one with you and uh, Kevin Israel, the um, gutting the sacred cow. Yeah. How, how do we even come to to the? Hey, we're gonna put this on paper. This is what it is, and this is what it's gonna be. How did I get there? Uh, you've heard the saying "gut the sacred cow." I'm sure. Well, the the podcast uh, it's it's for film. It's for it's for everybody. But if you're a film person, you really appreciate this. Why? Because what we do is we're comics. We invite other comics or even actors on. Uh, we just had John Siegel saying on from SiriusXM. We're going to have Jude Angelini. We had him on. It's going to come up sometime late this week. And you know, I mean, everyone's kicked back and talked about what films they love and hate. But we decided to do it differently where you can have 85,000 podcasts right now, which, which have you know, film nerds on and talking about what they really like and, mm -hmm. and what's great or even what they hate. But here's the story where you're, you ever be at a party and someone says something like, oh, I love, you know, you know everyone's like, oh, you know, film's great, Pulp Fiction. And everyone loves Pulp Fiction, including me. Mm -hmm. And then there's that one dissenter out there who's like, Pulp Fiction fucking sucks. Uh, and then you look at them like they're retarded and you go, what are you kidding me? We, what we do is we have, comedians on who pick a film that has to have one of three criteria one financial success mm -hmm. or, or two a critically uh, critically acclaimed or three widely beloved they have to pick a film that's one of those three and then they're going to come on our show and they are going to attempt to gut the sacred cow got you so some of the, some of the films we've done uh pulp fiction mm -hmm. star wars the last jedi gone with the wind was our most recent episode mm-hmm Wolf of Wall Street, Batman Begins, uh, Twilight, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So films 
again, widely successful, critically acclaimed, or just, you know, rampantly loved. Mm-hmm. And they have to come on and tell us why they, why they suck. Now, you know, truth be told, sometimes we agree with them. Like, you know, something like, I hate space balls. What? So the guy who came in and did it, Jeff's Paul, he hates space balls. But Kevin Israel, the co-host, loves space balls. So that makes it for, uh, for some good radio, good pod. So, I mean, you, you come here and you try to pick these movies apart or whatever, and you just just were saying that you had three people and uh, two were opposed and one was with. So, is it the job of the person that loves the movie to kind of debate the guys that are trying to tear it down? No. the, the, the So, every comic who comes on our show, they pick the film. We don't pick shit. Oh, okay. They just have to pick one of the films that mean that. And then they come and they pitch their case. Now, sometimes unbeknownst to them, I, uh, I or Kevin, we may agree or disagree with them. Sometimes we agree with them. But saying like, yeah, this is an easy one. Like this film fucking sucks. So let's have at it. Like the last one was gone with the wind. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but boy, wow. Awful. And, uh, or sometimes it's a great film that people want to take down. Bill Schultz did Indiana Jones in the last crusade. I think that's the best Indiana Jones film of them all. So he had a harder time trying to, you know, he had a real hard time trying to, convince us and no one's convinced us yet to anyway, again they've they've come and go this film sucks and we're like yep we agree you know not because of you but <laughs> because the film sucks word so doing comedy for 10 years in 10 days um what do you think has been your biggest hurdle trying to grasp the concept of comedy the concept of the biggest hurdle, I'm going to give you two. One, there is no syllabus for this shit. There is no direction. I don't know what your day job is, whatever else you do, but if you want to get promoted, it's outlined for you how to get promoted, how to make more money, how to, how to ascend the ladder. Yeah. Comedy, no. This is not a meritocracy. Sometimes it is, but right now, a lot of things that's going on is, you know, we can have 25 of the funniest straight white dudes, but guess what? Comedy Central is not looking for us. They're looking for, if you're a, a, a transgender uh, lesbian from Pluto, you are you maybe have just started comedy tomorrow, you're going to get a Netflix special. Okay. And I- so it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, the, the, the meritocracy always isn't there. Sometimes it's what they're looking for. You know, young people, more more diverse, young, young Asian lady, you know, versus me, you know, a white guy in his 40s. Let's say we're both equally as funny. She's going to get it before I am. Mm-hmm. Or if they change what they're looking for in the next night. Again, that, so that's it. It's, it's not always meritocracy. That's why sports is the greatest ever, because the best team wins, right? Yes. In comedy, it's not always the case. Not always the case. And the second thing is with, with comedy and every comic will probably tell you this is finding their voice. You know, you know, you think, you know, you're doing the first few years, you don't like at least six, seven, eight, really, you really start finding your voice. We call it and finding your way and what's making you unique and different from everybody else. I mean, eight, eight million people have the same fucking take on airplane food, but hearing it in your voice and style and, and hopefully different jokes is what's going to differentiate, differentiate you from the crowd yeah and uh now see that that speaks to me that point there because um i've been podcasting a little over four years now and i can totally hear the difference from episode one to here now 200 and some odd whatever this is gonna be and 
that's what the whole year one was, maybe even a year and a half was trying to figure out what my voice was. And, you know, I often remind myself because I go back and I listen to episode one, you know, often just to listen how many times I said, um, how many times I said the word podcast in the podcast and just is a, a dramatic change from then until now because I'm comfortable doing this and I can I feel like I can sit here and I can talk with anybody about anything and it, it just doesn't phase me as it did, you know, two and three years ago. Right. I uh, it's funny you say that about the um I listen to all my podcasts again, I just don't throw them up. I'll go back and cut because I'm trying what I'm trying to do is first of all, I talk too fucking fast. <laughs> Second of all, if I'm trying to fill space, if I'm trying to get my next thought out, uh, I'll go, uh, which after a bit, like, I've become now an expert on people who are the speaking foibles and w- some things people just say all the time, which annoy the shit out of me. And I'm trying not to be that hypocrite. So I go just go back and trim those. Uh, so what's our, our next point? Oh yeah, that's, you know, I just trim all that shit out. So that way it's as flawless as possible. So someone can put in the iTunes comments, this motherfucker goes, ah, uh, all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a fault of mine because I say motherfucker religiously, so I can't cut that out because that's kind of the part of the thing. I got merchandise that say motherfucker across the chest, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking funny. (laughs) Motherfucker merchandise. You and and Quentin Tarantino from Pulp Fiction with uh, that's my bad motherfucker, the wallet. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, I got a guy that I work with who has the same wallet. And he doesn't. By the way, fun fact. Fun fact, when we did Pulp Fiction, my friend Lynette Palladino did it. She hates that film. I, that's my second favorite film of all time. We do a section in our podcast called Five Fun Facts. And that was one fun fact when I pulled from that. The Bad Motherfucker wallet, that was actually Quentin Tarantino's wallet they used in that scene. Word. Yeah. I did not know that. I didn't either until my research. Now, let's get on that. Because that is something that is lacking in uh, my arena here because I feel like you know anytime we sit down and I have a conversation with somebody this is organic I mean these are questions coming from a genuine curiosity of mine and I kind of feel like that adds to the charm to it but I haven't I I, well at least I don't feel like it because I mean it's different from a listener's perspective than it is me being the host Um, I don't think it's taken away that I don't do so much research because I mean I know who you are and First of all, let me say, for however long I've been doing this and however long I've been having the little scheduling thing that you have reached out to me through, you, sir, are the very first one to come at me and not even like make contact, just schedule an appointment. I'm just getting a notification like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) I'm looking around like, did I talk to this guy? Did we trade some emails? I'm going through my email boxes. I'm like, who the fuck is Kevin Goatee? And I'm and I went on Instagram and that's when I first reached out to you. I was like, uh, yeah, I got you down for this day at this time. Yeah, that's me. Fuck. All right. <laughs> you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than not. And, uh, I mean, if you, obviously since you agreed to do it a few weeks after the fact, you did your homework and go, this guy's got something to say. So he's not going to be some snoozer, shitty guest where I have to do all the legwork where. Well, you know, it's going to be shitty podcast. So, but yeah, no, I just listen. If people want to have me on, that's great. I, I love the. I've definitely got a lot to say and, and opinions that are mm-hmm. not milk toast. So, and I think I know I'm a great guest, and that's why I, I'm very confident saying, "Hey, fucking book me. You're not going to regret it. Here's why." 
Yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And, you know, as a, a person that hosts a show and everything, you can speak to that. I mean, it's, it's great when something just falls in your lap sometimes, much like this big ass burrito that I'm eating right now from the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> You're doing a fantastic job of not eating on mic and making annoying chew- chewing sounds that are audible to the listener, or at least I can hear. And that's a pet peeve of mine is when you listen to a podcast and those fucking assholes are chomping down, especially crunchy stuff that drives me nuts. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling away from the microphone when I eat, though. I appreciate your consideration. Yeah. Now, um, so comedy was the first approach. Now, we, yes. we branch out into um, the comics, watching comics. Now, that that's an interesting thing there. I got to watch a little bit of season one, of what you had up there, and I kind of went from season one, and I didn't watch none of the middle. I just kind of went to season eight just to kind of, you know, gauge the change. And is it, is it the same apartment or house? Yeah, that's my place. That's my place. It's the same one because, like, I looked at season one and then I went to season eight and I was like, all right, the bookshelf in the same place, the picture on the wall in the back is in the same spot. <laughs> the only difference is there are a lot more books in that bookshelf, that's for sure. What you reading lately? Or is that just from the past, a bygone era? No, I, I, I read a show shitload uh what did i just finished I, I two hours ago i was at my daughter's swim practice and i just finished one of anthony bourdain's books uh say second book i bought the first one his first book was really good um is it no reservations i'm gonna fuck oh, no kitchen confidential that was the first one that was good this new one i think it was called medium raw medium raw mm-hmm. not that good not impressed <laughs> i i mean i go through i also my next book i have up is uh is a biography on RFK and how and, and all that shit and then I have a couple fiction ones coming in so I'm all over the fucking place man I I, I read a lot okay not to to brush off uh comics watching comics but you know you got me interested. no not at all you got me interested now um you you obviously like to read and whatnot and you was talking about earlier how you know you just can't be a one trick pony. Had it ever occurred to you to even write a book or a memoir or something? Yep, absolutely. I already have my, my idea in mind. Uh, I don't want to give away the subject. The, I'll, I'll give away the, the subject, but I'm not going to give away the specific the, of it, the, the specificity of it, because I don't want to it. It's a movie book is what it is. It's okay. gonna, so the long and the short is this. I read a book in, over the summer. It said how 1999 was the best year for film. I disagree. I have my own year mm-hmm. picked out and a million reasons why. And I'm, I'm going to write all the films that made 1999, 1989, the best, uh, I just fucking split that. Damn it. Oh. Spoiled it. Shit. Well, 1989 is the best year for films. And I'll fucking, I can give you 10 reasons off the bat why. The, Batman, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Field of Dreams, Major League, oh, I uh, Rain Man. Those are five. I just, Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. Those are six films off the top of my head. I just vomited at you that were, that are amazing. So <laughs> it, it, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be a humorous take on uh, uh, with with jokes in there about the films and why that year is the best year for film. Word. So I think what you said. What was the original year? It was a uh, ninety eight? They said ninety ninety nine was the one, was the book that inspired me to think of this idea. Okay, because ninety eight, I believe, uh, Blade came out right. Love Blade. By the way, first real black superhero film. Everyone yes. go on Gaga over Black Panther. Good, not very good. Mm-hmm. Was it the you know people were giving it ten out of ten, a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes? Bullshit. 
Mm-hmm. You mean some of the Avengers uh, Infinity Wars or Endgame wasn't better than that? I, I call bullshit. But everyone, like I said, went nuts over Black Panther. Again, very good. Mm-hmm. But was not the first black superhero film. Blade was. And it was fucking glorious. Well, you, well, Part two, well, pretty well, good. Well, Part three, piece of shit. Well, well let's be clear i think it was the first good black superhero because we i think we had meteor man before then and, oh robert townsend and, i mean ones that were taken seriously I, uh, I, yeah yeah okay because we had also i, I think we had still in there <laughs> with shaquille o'neal <laughs> oh my god shazam or kazam shazam was the recent one yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're right the ones that were taken seriously now Correct. i i love blade you know is one of my all-time favorite movies and um you speak about black panther and everything wesley snipes lobbied to play um t'challa in a black panther movie earlier on and you know it didn't come it didn't shake out pretty much and then another fun fact that i like to throw out there that think about this we could have had ll cool j as blade because that's who they pursued before wesley snipes (laughs) Let that wow. Let that not, marinate. Let it marinate. Not a bad idea, <laughs> but Wesley Snipes is a, is a martial artist. There was no. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a hands down better pick. Yeah, and I see. I didn't realize that either. I mean, thinking back on it now, how I didn't think he was that good because, like, you know, Passion to Fifty Seven. You know, he showed a little skill in that, and then um, what and then really brought it out on black. <laughs> yeah, what really brought it out to me was a goddamn Demolition Man. I was like, oh. Love Demolition Man. Love, love, love Demolition Man. See, man, me and you can go to the movies and split a popcorn together. I mean, we, we, we I see we like some of the same shit. <laughs> that film was so good. That was, was 19, hold on, 19, I was in high school, 1993. That film blew me away because it was so poignant and all, and so satirical with, with, with its, you know, future prognostications, you know, the Schwarzenegger library and all the other shit that he had in there. So fun action packed tongue in cheek it was i fucking love that film yeah and it, it also you know you talk about the schwarzenegger presidential library and everything it showed right. how good of a friend those two were schwarzenegger and stallone because you remember uh arnold did uh last action hero and then they, love that film too see man see man if i could fist bump you right now i'd do it uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that film that film's like such Shit, but again, same story. Smart, well done, tongue in cheek. You know, uh, self-deprecating of the action genre. You know, made fun of the the the, the, the cliches and colloquialisms. I fucking love Last Action Hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they went to the video store, they had uh, Sylvester Stallone as the Terminator. <laughs> Terminator. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He walking with all the cameos and shit like that, and just you know, he goes, "I'll be back." Ha. Huh? You know, didn't think I was going to say that, did you? <laughs> and of course, you always say that. Are you kidding me? Rubber baby buggy bumpers. You didn't think I was going to say that, right? <laughs> yeah, oh my God. It's a great film. Oh, man. But uh, back to Blade real quick. I yeah. credit Blade with um, a lot of the visual. Blade and The Matrix. Uh, those two films, because uh, Blade came out Excellent. first and The Matrix came out yep. right after that. I credit those two movies as. Um, the 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 freaking the emphasis uh, that I don't know the genesis of the technology that we see now today because Blade innovated a lot of that with the um, technology that they use for that film and especially in part two because I believe they use um, that level of CG for the first time to where they blended the animation with the um, actual actor 
and then they would go on to use that in the second Matrix movie as well. So they those two kind of played off of each other and they kind of gave us a lot of the things that we have today based off of those that franchise of movies. I completely agree. Uh, absolutely agree. And I think I put The Matrix in my top 10 for sure, maybe even five films. That film came out right after, right I was about to graduate college. It came out like April of 99, if I remember. Mm-hmm. And that film, I walked, I go, well, there, there are probably like, I don't know, 15, 20 films that you can personally remember. You're like, you know what? That changed me. That, that changed mm-hmm. me for the rest of my life. And that was one of them. Blade was the first DVD I stole. <laughs> I bet Blockbuster Video would love to hear that now. Oh well, no, nah, it was Suncoast Video. <laughs> oh my God, the the place where they were, that was like the Sam Goody of DVDs, where they would just rape the fuck out of you on those prices. That's, man, that's why I stole them. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, it was just you walk in and go twenty eight bucks for a VHS tape. Suck a dick. Yeah, and that was that was the thing too, because like. Suncoast Video was the first place that I ever saw a, a DVD player. And, oh, wow. well, not a DVD player, a DVD. And because the okay. very first DVD player I had was not like an actual, you know, no shit DVD player, because them shits was like 500 to almost $1,000. My computer came with a DVD drive in it. So that was my first DVD player. Wow. So, so I went to Suncoast Video. And I was looking at the wrestling VHS tapes. I think I was looking at one of the Stone Cold uh, documentaries or something. And I looked over. I was like, DVD? What the fuck is a DVD? And I held the DVD in my hand. And I held the VHS tape in my hand. And I put them side by side. I was like, well, shit, I could steal two times more of these than I could these. <laughs> That's funny. So, Blade was so great. One, like I said, one was great. Two, pretty good. Three, Complete abortion. Yeah. Two, um, even two, just the um, style of vampire they introduced in that film would, you know, carry on through a lot of the newer vampire movies that you see now with the dislocating jaw and the little prehensile tongue whip thing or whatever. I hadn't seen anything like that before Blade. Right. So Agree. No, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I, uh, I love that movie. Anyway, comics, watching comics. <laughs> um, what how when did it hit you you know to come you came up with this concept because what i feel you know watching it you know just the concept of it is you and your friend, comedian friends or comedian associates sitting down rating and um critiquing you know newly you know comics new comics and everything so when did you have enough confidence in yourself as a comedian a professional to be like oh yeah i can judge all these other motherfuckers <laughs> Uh, I still don't have that. I don't have the credit. Listen, anyone can sit there and have the opinion to do it. But yeah. if I were to do it by myself, they go, who the fuck are you? That's why I had people who had more tenure and more credits and more, uh, you know, yeah, a bit, more more clout. That's the word I'm looking for. And, and uh, then just me. So that's why I surrounded myself with, with uh, you know, friends or, you know, people who are in the business and, and you know, whatnot. So how did it come to me? I was at an open mic one day. Open mics, by the way, are where you go to practice your material with other comics, usually at the back of a bar or a comedy club or wherever. Uh, and you give it a, you know, practice, work on your shit. One day I was sitting there at a mic and it was just, a, everyone there fucking sucked. I mean, probably including me. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I'm willing to bet on that. Anyway, so I'm just texting back and forth with one of my comic friends. It's, you know, 
cracking on the comics recruitment. I was cracking on the whole thing in general, the whole day itself. I said, this is funny, man. Just, you know what though? We can't have a show where we just shit on comics. Why not just make it so we can give it, you know, you know, newish intermediate comics more of a, uh, of a, of an avenue of exposure and this kind of show, you know, people, you know, the general public, what it's like being a comic. And it's just not all that easy where you could say, Oh, you know, you, let's say someone finds out you're a comedian at work and they'll go, you know, what you should do, you should go on Jimmy Fallon. Like motherfucker, you know, what you should do Like You should go be the president of the company. Oh, you just can't do that. It's not that easy. Exactly. So that way you see the process and how hard it is and how insane it is and just get an idea. And then of course the, the best part, nothing funnier than hanging out with comics with, it is it kind of like a fly in the wall thing and getting us to see you know, us talk shit and bust balls at a, at a, at a super high level, you know? So that's, that's how the idea came to be. Basically it's mystery science theater 3000 and last comic standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, <laughs> um, you talk about, you, you just had that, um, analogy there to where you're like, you, you, somebody found out at your work that you're a comedian, you know, they would have all this shit to say. Nobody that I work with, except for like when I first got on my job, because like I my podcast was fairly new and, you know, I was just trying to get the word out there. So like in the beginning, when I first started working, I told like maybe a small, I, I would say less than five people that I had a podcast. And then um, years later, I've been with the company for a while. And, what do you do? What is your day job? Oh, security. I, I, I do security for different buildings. And um, so I'm like, people would be talking about get uh, like, a, like I had Michael Jai White on here one time, and on. and um, somebody brought him up at the um, at work, and if it took all of me to be like, oh yeah, I talked to that guy because <laughs> I didn't want them to know what the fuck I did because they was right. I didn't want all that shit like oh man this and this and this and because I was listening to a podcast at work one time. And a guy walked in that I work with and he had all kinds of shit to say. And I was just like, I'm glad I didn't tell you I got a podcast because he's been all up my ass every day, all day about it. I mean, I just I can't deal with that at work. <laughs> I hear you. I agree. No, I, I didn't tell anybody I, what I do either. Apparently, people started Googling me for, I don't know, whatever reason. And the word got out. Mm. So my people do know I do comedy. I don't know if they know I did the shows and all that other shit, but. Um, that's the, uh, the, 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 that's how that got out. I sure as shit don't announce, didn't announce that to them. But what are you going to do? Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, I told my family or whatever. And, you know, that's a, also a weird <laughs> thing to do. But I only did it because, um, they were trying to plan something. And I had something, um, already in the works before they even started the process. And it was going to fall around the time it was a convention that I got uh, approved for. And, you know, it would have been around the time that they wanted to plan this thing. And I was like, hey, I had this thing months ago planned and I just I really don't want to drop it because it's a big opportunity for me. They were like, what are you talking about? And then, you know, my brothers and my older brothers and them get down on me. Like, hey, man, you know, mama want to do this. And this, and this. I was like, hey, man, I had this plan like four months before y'all even thought about even doing whatever y'all talking about doing. And then I had to explain to them what I was doing and why and all this shit. And I was just like, uh, uh, I, I wish I didn't have to do all this. 
it's funny how it's like we're talking about this like we're coming out of the closet gay or something like that where it's a whole <laughs> secret and you have to admit our and it kind of just show you know hey i'm i'm bruce wayne but i'm really batman kind of thing you know yeah I, it, it is weird i mean it's like i'm not ashamed of it but it's just like i don't know it's, i don't know when i go home to see my family it's just like I want to see my family and hang out and be normal and shit. I don't want them to be like the the thing that kind of irked me. They'd be like, "Oh, you still doing your little radio thing?" I was like, "My little <laughs> my, my little radio thing." Huh? This is why I didn't want to tell you shit. I don't want you to talk about my my craft <laughs> like this. You know? <laughs> oh, I take it they're not supportive of our. Oh, they no. they are. It's just the way they dag on. I don't know. It's just weird. I I don't. I rather not talk about it when I'm at home. I'm there to see my mama and my father and just hang out and just do regular shit. I got you. Yeah, I, I hear you. I've actually been very lucky with my family. They, uh, my dad. You know, you'd say, "Look, I tell you, you know, you're just not good enough for baseball. So don't think uh, you should be playing professionally." <laughs> so I'm like, "All right, cool, thanks." So he's he's always real. So it's like, you know what, man, you're good at this. You're good at comedy. You're good at all this other shit. And there's no one who can out network you. No one. Mm-hmm. So that's fucking, uh, that's good. And they, they've come to see me do shows and they watch my comments, such a comics and other shit. So it's, uh, it's, it's, they've been pretty cool with it. And they, and they know enough not to keep asking. If I tell them something, you know, then I go, Oh, by the way, how did that go? And I'll just say, well, you know, I didn't get the meeting I thought I was going to get, or they, or, or they passed them the pitch and, and that's it. They're just, they're, they're not on my ass. So I really couldn't ask for a better support crew with my, my family or my wife or, or, you know, pretty much my friends even for that matter. Word. Now, um, I was looking at season one of, uh, comics watching comics and, um, I'm not good with names. I, 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 so guy on the far left. What was his name? John 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 Moses, redhead guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Always wearing the cap and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Toronto. He's he's from Toronto. Big Maple Leafs fan. Hence the uh, the cap. The Maple Leaf hat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how 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 did you approach him to be on the show or whatever? I knew him. Funny fucking story. My wife and I were on vacation once. Uh, we well more than once. We go every year to the Caribbean. One year we we're in. Uh, in St. Lucia, ran into a guy who is, uh, is uh, he played hockey, but he knew Moses growing up. He goes, oh, my God, my friend's a comic in the city, too, where you live. I'm in New York. And he goes, yeah, no shit. Yeah, what's his name? Goes, oh, it's uh, John Moses. I, go, I know the name. He's like, dude, tell me you know me. And I texted John that, you know, message him on Facebook. Hey, I'm with your buddy Lando. He's like, oh, shit, man, he's a buddy of mine. And we started getting to talking like that. And uh, then after a while, you know, became kind of really friendly. He did a couple shows. We uh, we produced a couple shows, comedy shows. My buddies and I, in the very beginning, my buddy Lawrence Deloach and Dave Dorado and I, and uh, he headlined and did stuff. He's a good dude, real good dude, and he's a ball buster and he's fucking funny. So that's how I actually got to know him. Word, because he, he seemed like the type, <laughs> whatever. Because I was sitting there, because like I look at your guy that was sitting in the middle or whatever, and um, he talk eloquently about the comics, and you know he talk he used. You know the lingo that you would have a professional judge or critiquer there, you know, and he's just like, "Yeah, the motherfuckers suck." <laughs> See, that's the funny thing too, because inadvertently, I always what when I casted that casted it. Who, who am I fucking kidding? When I picked people to sit <laughs> on the couch, you know, I I I I always had someone. I always had three roles. One was like the professorial 
you know, uh, expert expertise role. One was just the ball buster, and one was just kind of middleman ish, mm-hmm. or you know. So Jimmy was great. Jimmy was a ball buster and a coach. John was a pure ball buster. Later on, if you were to watch the other seasons, you had I don't know. I think, and it's funny how you said before how you started with episode one and you can hear the difference between one and episode 200, whatever the fuck this is. Mm-hmm. Same thing with that show. Like, I all those again, to make, I had to make a teaser reel for some people who are interested in pitching this. And I was watching one and I was like, mm, boy, this isn't as great as I remember some parts, you know? <laughs> so I mean, it was good, but, but I really know I started hitting a season three for sure. But season four, I think, gets in the stratosphere. But that's where I hit my cruising altitude of season four. Mm-hmm. And like by four, five, six, seven, eight, man, it, it's just it's easy. I, I figured it out as a host. I know where, how hard I can push and where I can go and what we can say and whatnot. So it's just funny how you said that. Word. I, I, I enjoyed it because, I mean, you need that dynamic. You can't just have everybody sitting there with their scorecards holding up tens or eights and everything, just like like golf claps and shit. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. But, like, to him, he, he stuck out to me because he was just like, suck, next. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. He he wakes up toward the end, but it's, shot, it's edited out of order because we started at 1130, and he must have he had late-night spots before that, so he was kind of dragging ass. Mm-hmm. But then I think you see it later on, and Leah says, and like, oh, my God, he finally wakes up. He goes, yeah, I'm alive. The coffee's kicked in, and then he gets super fucking mean, which is funny. Yeah, and I can kind of see um, the um, the change. Well, like I said, I only watched some of season one and some of season eight, so I can just see the progression. You know, I didn't catch anything in between, but, like, it was just all that stuff was like it was it recorded all at once or was it segmented or how how did that so each season so when i tape comics it's 25 so it's 50 comics when i do a single com- when you see the comics each uh it, it's two taping so seasons 1 and 2 3 and 4 5 and 6 7 and 8 mm-hmm. it's 50 comics in in, in uh in you know, seasons one and two, 15 seasons, three and four. So each season's 25 a piece. That's all in one day. So is the, uh, the, the panel tapings another day, but that's all one day. So we bang through 25 comics. Do we watch all five minutes of each of the 25 comics? Fuck. No, we maybe <laughs> make it to a minute to two or even three. If they're insane, if they're extremely great or extremely awful, that's the only times we make it through the entire way. Mm. Yeah, and I can understand that over so, because, like, um, we used to do that uh, when I was an instructor. When I was um, in the military, I did my last couple of years. I was an instructor at uh, my MOS school. That's the job that I was trained in. I went back to teach, and um, we would do um, curriculum review. So, me as an instructor, I can go up on um, an evaluation board. I would teach a class in front of. Um, what we would call, I'm doing air quotes, master instructors. They're like the head gurus. I mean, they know the curriculum. They know how to teach. They have taught people how to teach classes. You know, they're the head motherfuckers. So right on for us. We did that. We did that with our, with our, with with our show in season four on, I did the master panelist. So I'm right with you on that. So we had to go up and um, teach a class in front of them. And um, just kind of go through the the steps, the bullet points, and everything, because they give us a curriculum. 
they teach us how to teach the class and they just want to see if we know it verbatim and if we can teach it the way we were taught. So there was a couple of instances in there to where you're just going through the whole thing. The gold mask is what we call it. <laughs> and um, if they feel confident in you and you're doing real well, they will they won't make you teach the whole class. They'll just be like, all right, you're good to go. And they'll just sign off on you and go on about your business. But then there's some <laughs> I've seen and I've been witness to to where like they just let them sit there and twist in the wind. And it's just like it's so cringy. And I'm just like, oh, why? Just just put them out of his misery. Tell them to come back and practice and just do it later. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Is Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of those. So did you ever have a like a public speaking issue? Because I had one. I had it severely like to where you can visibly see perspiration on my face and damn, I would stutter and uh, 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 like I was having a stroke or some shit. You know, I, I was that bad to where like now it's just like I can get up there and bullshit about anything. Pretty much. I don't give a fuck. Dude, did I have any public speaking issues? Yeah. Not really. It's been not really. I think comedy, if anything, now if, if I did, comedy fixed it real fucking fast. <laughs> so whenever I have to, whenever I have to go into a, a meeting of some type for work, I it's the in fact my like I said my boss knows about my story. She can just throw me up there and knows that it's I, I can go up there and, and talk my fucking ass off, you know. So, not a uh, not a problem here. Word. So, what do you consider a bomb? Like, uh, what do you mean by a, a, a bomb and what? You like that? You mean? Yeah, a whiff, just bad, just uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> no confidence in the material, lack of punchlines or structure. Or just being entertaining, for that matter. It's almost not a. It's almost a perfect concoction of all those. So it's it's like what what's his face said, the senator about pornography. I'll know it when I see it. You'll know it when you see it. You can't you can't miss a lot of. Uh, it's not hard to do. It's again a combination of just lack of preparation, more importantly, lack of punchlines and and anything that's entertaining. And not and not convinced in your material or, or or yourself on stage. Word. So, what I seen in season one, um, female, forget her name. Um, Leah. Oh no 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 not not your panelist. Um, it was one of your comedians that y'all were judging. Uh, female, black girl. Um, I forget her name. It was in season one though. Uh, Chanel Ali, does that name ring a, ring a bell? Yes, yes, her, her. She stuck out to me, and then the one guy that damn came up there with the headphone recorder. <laughs> the tape. In, what, season, season, in, in season eight, you mean? Oh, or? that was season eight. Yeah, season eight. Those two. Daniel Aaron. Yeah, we burned himself on the on the caramel. Yeah. So those two stick out to me did they do anything for you all or whatever did y'all have any comms with them after that because like you know like I said I kind of browsed through but I didn't complete Leah Chanel Ali's doing very well she's she's good in all the country getting up and headlining and such 
Daniel Aaron's, I don't know. I, I haven't seen much on him, but it, it depends. You know, my version of, of doing well and their version of doing well and your version of them doing well could be three different things. I think Chanel is killing it. Like she's on her way and will get noticed and will get some heat. Daniel Aaron's, I don't know. I haven't seen him really since then. I've seen Chanel Ali perform. Uh, but not Daniel since that, so it's it's tough to say about him. But Chanel is going to be somebody. You're going to know who she is in a few years or even less. Word. So now, um, how um, y'all come about, and, and you, you already talked about the concept of the show, but um, giving them a platform, you know, if you chose that they was like the best in their class and whatnot, how did y'all work that out with the venues? Uh, you know, I know a, a lot of the owners in the city for, uh, since I do stand up, it's like, I, you know, who the club owners are and, you know, you have to rent them out. You have to have, you have to open up the club early on a Saturday. You know, uh, we would see, we start at 11 a.m. You got to do it when there's not going to be any shows. So you have to have them open it up, have someone there to open up, have someone serve drinks, blah, blah, blah. So that way, you know, so you have to, you have to rent it out, but. It's not, it's not hard to, and a lot of, you know, if you're a comic, they're not, most of the time, they're not looking to take you for a ride, especially if you know who they are, you hang out at their club, you do work for them. They, you know, they got to pay the people something to open up, so it's, uh, you know, most of the time they're, they're pretty good at the price. Okay. Cool beans. Now, <laughs> so, what's next, dude? Because it seems like you piling on your plate, piling on your plate, and you got, you know, all kinds of irons in the fire, so to speak. What else are you trying to put on top of this mountain of food here? As I still oh. eat this big ass burrito. <laughs> this, yeah, my my aspirations are gonna be fatter than that fucking burrito you're trying to shovel down your throat. I promise you. <laughs> so what's next? I'm trying to get I'm trying to get representation. Uh, that's what it comes down to. I have some for commercial work. I want an agent who's going to go out and shop my shows. I mean, I have, I'm going out right now and, and really pitching these my, myself, trying to just reaching out to people on LinkedIn and uh, other other places to try and get noticed and, and and just get these things bought. Like get people making these shows right now. I finance everything out of my own pocket, so no one's going to people sit around and wait for someone to give them money to do shit. Those days are long gone. Oh yeah, long gone. You gotta go do it your fucking self. And right now, there's no better time to do it, especially with the iPhone and all the techno- technological advances we have at our hands. So, you know, doing a podcast 20 years ago is impossible. Now, every fucking jerk off's doing one, including this jerk off. And you, the jerk. <laughs> and you're another jerk off. Yes. Uh, who's doing a podcast, right? Yeah, so we jerk off all the time. Just go ahead and fucking doing it. I'm, you know, I'm, saying, I'm kidding. I'm, we're not jerk. You and I are not jerk off. Everybody else is a jerk off. No, I don't. <laughs> but. Just trying to fucking get all this done. And I, I even have a game show idea, a game show concept I want to do. Mm. So I just want to get all these things. I, I want to get people, I, I want to get these shows sold. Like this is the goal for me is like, I, and there's something else kind of going back to what I said before with stand up. Am I as in love with stand up as when I first started? No. Why? Because it's way more, you're happy out every night doing this and I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Now that I'm 10 years older, I've got a wife, I've got a kid, i got a four-year-old who's just awesome, and I love being around with her and watching her do shit. Like, these are the fun years. When she's 14, then she'll tell me to go fuck myself, and then it's game over, right? But now in the meantime, it's all fucking fun. 
So, and besides, I know my goal, I know my way in life is not through comedy. Again, I think that's more for the people who just, who may not have many tools as I do in the bag, may or may not, I don't know. But I know my way is through hosting shows, creating shows, and just, you know, being a funny, uh, insightful, opinionated guy like I am, and getting enough people to follow me and support me and share the wealth, uh, share my stuff, share my shit, and get and get it going. So, mm. again, just getting these shows sold and, and being able to keep doing this and, and hosting my own shit. Uh, it's uh, that's that's what I'm looking to do. Yeah, and I get what you're saying. Because I, you know, that's something that I would, I would love to do. But more of a focus for me is I want to have the platform to the level to where if you hear you made or you on the right track, you know, that's, that's my mind frame in the thing or whatever. Like for you, for you to be here on my show, I would want my show to be at the level to where like they heard you here. And then now you starting to get that representation rolling toward your way. And, you know, people, you know, they're trying to holler at you to get you, you know, get you on the marquee and shit. That, that's where I want my platform to be one day. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's exactly what I want to do, too, is just get that get there. The problem, as you well, very well know, too, oh, there, yeah. again, there is no blueprint. There is no syllabus. Mm-hmm. It's who's listening and who's sharing and who's the right person at the right time listening on, you know what, let's give that motherfucker a shot. I like what I hear so far. Yeah. I you do. know, you've done 200 and some episodes. We've done 18. We just put up eight, the 18th episode today, you know? So it's just, we're, we're still trying to figure it out and we're trying to figure out, I've always been somebody who's always three steps ahead. And that's why I was with my co-host last week trying to figure out what are, what are those three steps that we can start really planning for, mm-hmm. you know? So some things like, like advertisers we want to do, but we don't have the listeners, listenership where we need to, to even, you know, throw a yeah. six packet together. I've got one guy who wants to advertise because he's a fan of mine and he wants to advertise his thing, uh, and, and, and come in, uh, kind of come in on a grassroots campaign kind of thing. Great. But other than that, we don't have enough listenership to go to these major ad companies and go, yeah, man, we've got 500,000 downloads per episode. No, not mm-hmm. even fucking close or even 5,000 for that matter. So, the, in uh, honestly, you know, I have a couple sponsors and everything, and it was um, through the thing that you said your father told you you were good at networking. I got a sponsor right. through knowing somebody else that has a podcast that eventually opened their own business. So I got one in that way. And then I'm not going to lie, because I mean, I'm transparent with everybody because I'm not doing anything special. I'm just <laughs> I typed an email and I asked somebody and they said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Bingo. it's it's just luck sometimes you know I mean people don't believe in that stuff but like if I wouldn't have wrote that email it wouldn't have happened so I mean you gotta put yourself out there sometimes I, I agree uh, and that's the thing too I've been putting out for a long <laughs> putting out for a long <laughs> ass time and just trying to figure out where to go what to do what not to do uh, all that stuff you know and <laughs> It's like, what was the joke in the, uh, in, uh, Nick Gunn, 33 and a third, I'm like a blind man in an orgy. I always have to feel my way around to figure it out, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, man. And I just, um, 
I did my first year taxes as a business for this show. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't getting that. You making that money now? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was not good at all. And, you know, I talked to the person that did my taxes like most first year businesses don't do well at all. Maybe even the second year don't do well. At all. So I'm still in that not doing well at all phase. <laughs> so you're, you're not making money. You're not, you're, not the, you're not in the black yet. then. No, not yet. Well, I'm in the black because of my ethnic background. Skin color. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I figured as much, but no, it's, uh, it's, uh, no, I hear you, man. It's a process. At least you're getting somewhere, I think. Yeah. I mean, majority of the thing was like, it makes sense to make this a business because I do shit for this that I pay for that I should be able to fucking write off. <laughs> yeah. I, but I went LLC not so long ago at the request of, uh, other people, especially my wife mm-hmm. to, uh, to know that, uh, hey, you know what? In case someone wants to fucking sue you for whatever reason, we're not going to get sued. So Yeah, that, that's another that's one, the, too. When somebody hit me to that as well, and I was like, that's good to know. <laughs> right? Yeah, they sue the LLC, not you, the person. <laughs> exactly. So there you go. We're that, figuring it out, though, God damn it. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're figuring it out, I'm figuring it out, and we're going to figure it out together. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, man. You feel like you're a good, you're a good dude, so it's both get there and uh, and make it whatever making it your version is and mine as well too very well if if, if i make it I, I you you as you know and as everybody that's been on the show know you have the opportunity to come back and we'll, we'll get you to where you're trying to go <laughs> much appreciated yeah. much appreciated so um on that note uh Let's go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Because, I mean, you have plenty of avenues to find you. <laughs> yeah, you're goddamn right I do. Uh, comics Watching Comics. You heard it here first. It is on Amazon Video, ComicsWatchingComics.com. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on all those. And, of course, let's talk Kevin Goatee, K-E-V-I-N-G-O-O-T-E-E.com. You'll see my movie reviews there, NFL season. I do my picks, which also ties into fantasy football jibber-jabber, which is where we do the uh, the uh, fantasy football show with Gerard Heron and myself. We do that as well as we do NFL picks. 62% against the spread last year. Kicked ass. So follow me there. And uh, like you just we just talked about for the last you know, 20 minutes, the uh, Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. Give that a go. That's on iTunes, Spreaker. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Jesus Christ, I don't even know how many other places, but definitely the big ones, we're all on. Gutting the Sacred Cow, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Word. You know, I appreciate your time, and I I would request that you do one thing for me. I need you to relay a message to your co-host, Kevin Israel. I'm all ears. Hey, motherfucker. When you gonna make your goddamn appointment to be on the goddamn show? Oh, shit. Yeah, I put Harsh you on gas. <laughs> I figure you're busy. I knew you doing things and being funny and shit. <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's funny. We're, we're also trying to go out and, and, and appear on podcasts just to get the word out. And we're actually doing one to, let's see, tomorrow, Tuesday night. Sorry. We're going to appear on one again. So we're just, so I'd be more than happy to uh, send him along to you to appear on the show. He's actually got a great story too. He was a comic. He is a comic. Mm-hmm. 
He's been a cop for 20 years. Uh, motherfucker went to law school and was a lawyer and got out because he hated being a lawyer. Yeah. Um, I heard a bit and tidbit of it on um, a fellow podcast of mine show. That's how I come to know of him. So when I was looking up you, I seen a picture of him and you gutting this sacred cow. And I was like, that's that motherfucker right there. <laughs> Where did you? Who did you? Uh, where did you hear him on? Like what? What podcast? Um, it was the uh, What Happens Next. Jay Sandlin. Jay Sandlin was on our goddamn show. See? On gutting the sacred cow. That, yes, he was. Um, he did. He did Castaway. Great, great, great guest. He fucking did a great job with that. Yeah, Sam was awesome, man. We loved him, and uh, I know that those two guys are definitely buddies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's so, when I first uh, heard him, and he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna do the thing," and then. I ain't never heard back. And he's like, yeah, I got busy. I was like, I understand. And he's like, you ain't never got back. So I know you to know him and he know Jay. So I know two motherfuckers that know this motherfucker. That motherfucker need to get his motherfucking ass over here. (laughs) (laughs) I just texted you his, uh, and put it in the, uh, the inbox or Instagram. The, um, his, his name. So you go hit him up. And he will, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll text me and go, who's this guy? He goes, no, that's a good one. Don't worry. <laughs> it's a good show, man. Don't worry. It's not going to be some bullshit. I'm not going to make you, you know, do some horse shit. But no, it's, uh, it was fun, man. Thank you so much for having me. This has been uh, a blast. So it's been, uh, it's been real. And listen, tag me where you need to. I'll gladly share it for you. For sure. So, I mean, I have to, uh, it's, it's a tradition. I always, I think I said it already, but I got to say it again. Um, You've been a guest once. The door is always open for you to come back to, you know, promote your next big thing and what you got going on or just to come shoot the shit. I'm all ears. I'm all about that. I will definitely take you up on that, especially when we do the, uh, especially when Jibber Jabber gets stuck on. I definitely would love to, to come back and talk some shit. And that was my guest, Kevin Goatee. It's plain as the hair on your face. Yeah, I wish I could grow a goatee. I remember when I first got out of the military, that was like my primary objective. I wanted to daggone grow facial hair because for 16 years, I was denied the privilege of having a a lofty and luscious mane of hair on my face. And then I was compensating, too, because I can't grow it up top. So I was like, well, I know I can grow this bitch plush as hell on the bottom. (laughs) But uh, check out all of his shows to include comics, watching comics, uh, gutting the sacred cow, uh, which um, he co-hosts with uh, Kevin Israel, which who was a guest on the Delvin Cox show, which I asked this motherfucker to be on my show first, and he ain't never heard back from his ass. But that's another story. I'm not holding any grudges or judgments or anything, but. It is what it is. <laughs> and um, he, he had another uh, sports fantasy show. I'm using the phone to record myself so I can't look up this information to give it to you proper. But in the show description, you can um, look up his profile on either Facebook. I'm not Facebook. I'm sorry. Uh, Twitter or Instagram. And it has all the links to all his projects and all the things that he's doing. So once again, I appreciate Kevin Goatee for giving me his time and being a guest on my show oh man um a lot of shit is going on uh everybody know about the coronavirus shit i ain't even talking about that but 
Where has all the toilet paper gone? It almost remind me of the damn. <laughs> what, what was that? Was that a country song? Where have all the cowboys gone? Is that a country song, or am I just? I don't know. Anyway, but where has all the toilet paper gone? Where has all the freaking water gone? It's it's disappeared because everybody worried about the coronavirus. The only goddamn thing that I'm worried about is is my plane ticket. <laughs> And my WrestleMania ticket still valid. You know, is they going to cancel it as of now, as I've record, as I record this and put it out to you all, um, March 14th, um, WrestleMania is still a go for April 5th in Tampa, Florida. And, um, they just buying time from what I have seen on the internet. I don't know this to be fact, but just things that I've glanced over. I haven't did any heavy research that, um, Florida, and uh, WWE got together, I think it was yesterday, the 13th, Friday, the 13th of all days to decide if they were going to go ahead and continue with the WrestleMania festivities. So from what I've looked over and what the hullabaloo is about, that Florida, the governor or whoever, is leaving it into the hands of the chairman of WWE, one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So... As of this recording, March 14th, WrestleMania is still a go. Um, they changed some of their programming schedules uh, as far as TV. Last night, SmackDown was held from their performance center down in Orlando, Florida, I believe it is. And it was to an audience of zero. <laughs> so it was a weird aesthetic. I mean, the arena looked good for um, the presentation, but it was just weird seeing professional wrestling with nobody there to watch. And I'm pretty sure some of these guys that came from the independents uh, are used to wrestling with zero <laughs> to nobody in uh, these uh, smaller venues and whatnot. So it might have been comforting in a uh, nostalgic for some of those but it was just weird nonetheless and anything and there's been some fuss online because i believe since you know they didn't have a crowd to play to that when they went to commercial breaks they just didn't wrestle during the commercial breaks i mean they didn't put unnecessary stress on their body because there was no one there live and in person to entertain it's okay i can understand that it's a television show amongst other things you know so, I mean, I don't give a shit about that, you know, and if WrestleMania is going on as planned, April 5th, um, save them. Yeah, save, they, save, uh, keep them away from injury. Let them rest up as best as they can. You know, don't put no more uh, unnecessary stress if you do not have to. So there you go. It's, it's a win win. It ultimately, it's going to benefit us if we still get in the show and whatnot. So, yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, I think that's all I really got. I just be careful out there. Don't be touching your goddamn face after you done grabbed a foreign doorknob. <laughs> uh, wash your hands vigorously. Use sanitizer if you have it. Um, yeah, just be careful. Stay inside if uh, you, if that's a, that's the thing that you want to do. I mean, uh, the joke online is uh, introverts are rejoicing at this glorious holiday right now you know so enjoy your holiday people and uh yeah i mean i don't i don't know why i'm recording this right now oh i know i'm recording the audio i'm talking about i got video camera in front of me uh, i had something to say 
Oh, I do. I do recall the thing that I have to say. So March 29th, my birthday, um, we're doing the fourth annual Ask Miss B-Rob. So what that is, for those of you who are unaware, Mrs. B-Rob comes on the show once a year to uh, celebrate my birthday by answering questions from you, the audience. So you can send her questions about any and everything. So you can ask about us. You can ask about her specifically. You can just ask whatever question that comes to your head and she will answer it live on that special edition of the Random Rams with Rob that we've dubbed Ask Miss B. Rob. So what I am asking of you all, the listeners and the people who may be seeing this video right now is to submit your questions. I might do something fancy and put it up here on the side of me or whatever, since there's a lot of space and opportunity over yonder. But um, there's many different ways that you can submit your questions for this special edition of the show. I think we're shooting for a day of the 25th of this month to try to get it locked down. Um, we might be able to actually do it on my birthday. Yeah, do it on my birthday. Hit the hit the sexy music. <laughs> no, not right now. But um, because I had something planned that weekend. But with this old coronavirus shit going on, a lot of things got moved around and whatnot. So we might be able to do it properly on my birthday. But if not, uh, I'll keep you updated. But the 25th is what we're going to probably look at to do this episode. So have your questions in by the 25th of March so we can answer your questions. Well, she can answer your questions. I'll be there in attendance, so I might answer some of them. But all the questions are for Mrs. B-Rob. You can ask her a favorite color. You can ask her um, why uh, the back of Forest Whitaker neck is uh, black, purple. I don't know. <laughs> you can ask whatever it is you want. No question is off limits. And um, she'll answer it for you live here on the show. We might even try to do that live. I don't know. Um, if we're going to do a live video, probably not, but um, live audio uh, via Podbean or some shit like that. So that's a, even an extra added bonus for you. So, yeah, giggity goo. Anyway, so submit those questions for the Ask Miss B-Rob thing that we're going to have going on. I highly appreciate it for those who uh, want to participate. And um, what else? What else? There's something else. Oh, also, speaking of my birthday, March 29th, your birthday gift to me for my birthday and it's absolutely free. It won't cost you anything. The only thing that I want is to reach 100 Apple podcast reviews by March 29th, my birthday. And um, right now, as we sit, I am five reviews away from my goal. I've been grinding, trying to get this shit done, and I'm only five reviews away from my goal of 100 Apple podcast reviews. So if you could, please go ahead and write that review. If you already wrote a review, borrow somebody else's phone and write a review from their phone <laughs> and uh, help your boy out. I'm only five reviews away from the goddamn goal. So that's your birthday gift to me this free thing for me to have pretty please and I, I think that's it that i got for news and whatnot i just did a recording with the deets wrestling podcast the royal navy's only 
pro wrestling podcast. So it's, it, there's no probably on that if you're listening, homeboy, but it is. So um, check me out on that. That should be out the same day that this episode airs. And um, it was a fun time. We, I think we talked for about three or so hours. Um, some of it wasn't um, for the wrestling show property. It was just general conversation while I was doing audio checks. So I suggested that that a portion if he recorded it <laughs> uh, be bonus materials and whatnot i might even try to scalp that from him and uh, play it on here so check that out uh deets wrestling the royal navy's only pro wrestling podcast so uh check it out and uh, i got a couple other things that you can just check me out on twitter at 3r show and you can check me out on instagram at the three R show and you can find some video content on YouTube on the three R show YouTube channel somewhere and for everything that I can't think of right now and I may have missed you can go to randomrob.com and um, check out the sponsors hooks rubs and spices you can go to hooks rubs and spices .com, and you can get 15% off your order by using promo code random you can also go to poddex.com poddex.com and you can get 10 percent off your order if you use promo code random let's see um i did the episode deck last time i did one of these videos i think i did one question from the interview deck already so let's go do the interview deck second edition let's see what we pulling out the box here pulling out the cards pulling out the cards i'm shuffling it up a little bit just a little bit just a little bit uh-oh uh-oh almost dropped them almost dropped them i didn't want to play 52 pickup but i don't think it's 52 cards in here let's see how many cards are here look on the back of the box it's 50 cards so i was only two off yeah, the interview deck contains 50 unique conversation starting questions to help you take your podcast interviews to the next level and keep your audience entertained. Boy, that's professional. And the question I have, would you rather go 30 days without your phone or your entire life without dessert? 30 days without your phone or the rest of your life without dessert. I'm lactose intolerant, <laughs> but I do love a great dessert, uh, cheesecake. Um, I, I believe milkshakes and all that stuff fall under dessert. So whenever I, you know, take my lactate medicines and all that stuff and I get the sweet tooth. Uh, yeah, I go 30 days without the phone. So that, that's what I'm going to do. And um, that when you have questions like this, everybody immediately looking for loopholes and everything and said, I can't have my cell phone. Didn't say I couldn't have my smartwatch. Mm-hmm. Didn't say I couldn't have my tablet, my, my iPad, which has a cellular thing in it. So, yeah, I'll give up the phone for 30 days. <laughs> So, yeah, that's a question from the second edition interview deck here from Poddex. You can get you some, add these tools to your toolbox by using promo code random. You can get 10% off at poddex.com. And you know what that means? 
check around for any random kids. But yeah, baby, it's time to talk about that one sponsor. You know what one sponsor I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, Blue Chew, baby. Get what you need to get your weaned. Uh, indeed, or something, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, go to BlueChew.com. You can get your first order free. Only pay $5 shipping. So you can get that Blue Chew in you. And you can get you in, I would say, her. But it can work for whatever flavor you're, you're craving. You know what I mean? If you like guys, if you're a guy, if that's the thing. You know, Blue Chew can help you out in that situation. Shit, y'all can have a double Blue Chew right there. And y'all can just be all over the goddamn place. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Okay. That, that, that went too far. But anyway, BlueChew.com. You can get your first order free. Just pay $5 shipping and uh, use promo code random to make that happen for you and whatnot. Blue Chew is the thing for you. <laughs> so I think I've got all my plugs out of the way. I got uh, I acknowledge the sponsors. Hey, if you can help with those um, last five reviews, if um, you can submit those questions. Oh, God. The Corona got me. <laughs> oh, shit. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> um and uh yeah let's make that uh fourth annual ask miss b-rop episode extra special with your random and outlandish questions so send them my way and they'll be read they'll be answered and we'll be better for it all with with that being said this is your boy b-rob and i'll see you next time